Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Telegraph, the Telegraph. Podcasts. All eyes on Oxford as the university says the vaccine it's trialling triggers an immune response. This is coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. It might not be term time in the city of Dreaming Spires, but work continues at pace. The team working on a potential COVID-19 vaccine, one of the two leading UK research programmes, published the results of their first clinical trials, and they called them extremely promising. The study showed 90% of over a 1,000 volunteers developed neutralising antibodies after one dose. Only 10 people were given two doses, and all of them went on to produce antibodies. On Monday, Health Secretary Matt Hancock confirmed that the government had bought doses of the Oxford vaccine if the immune response proves sufficient. Here at home, as well as our investment in research, we're also working hard to build a portfolio of the most promising new vaccines, no matter where they're from. We've already secured 100 million doses of the Oxford vaccine if it succeeds, and I can tell the House today that the government has secured early access to 90 million further vaccine doses, 30 million from an agreement between BioNTech and Pfizer, and 60 million from Valneva. We're getting the deals in place so that as soon as we know if a vaccine is safe and effective, we can make it available for British citizens as soon and as is humanly possible. To discuss the developments, their significance and the risk of so-called vaccine nationalism, I spoke to Dr Elisabetta Grappelli, a virologist and lecturer in global health at St George's University of London. And she started by telling me why she was cautiously optimistic. They don't mean that we do have a vaccine that we can actually roll out to the population. That is definitely what we're working towards. But it's certainly very, very encouraging. And these are very solid results that actually are a fundamental step for the progression of the vaccine or the vaccines that we actually need to tap the spread of this coronavirus. And what were you encouraged by in today's results? I think the first and most important thing is actually the safety data. Uh, when it comes to testing and trialing new drugs and uh, including vaccines in this category, it's absolutely paramount that uh, these uh, uh, vaccines are safe. And uh, part of this, the data released today, is very much about showing that uh, the Oxford vaccine uh, is uh, safe in the sense that it has some small uh, side effects uh, like pain at the injections 
inside or feeling feverish. But those are certainly acceptable and warrant now moving uh, not only towards phase two, which is actually already ongoing, but towards a phase three. And the other very important part uh, is actually because of the fast tracking of the uh, vaccine development, not only at the Oxford vaccine trial looked at safety, but started looking also at, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, immunogenicity in the sense that part of uh, uh, those uh, building blocks, uh, those antibodies that we heard about that are actually required for actually our immune system to tackle the virus. And so again, positive because safety is good and also uh, some indications that efficacy is, uh, well, is, is possibly achievable, although obviously more data and more time is required. Vaccines have to undergo three phases of trials before they're put into production. Uh, phase two, as you say, Dr. Crepelli, is already underway on the Oxford vaccine. What are scientists going to be looking for at the moment in phase two? And if it then progresses on to phase three, what will they be looking out for then? So the most important thing, again, will be about safety. Um, so phase two uh, and three, we look at many more uh, volunteers and also increasing the age of the volunteers that is in phase two, because uh, um, the very first uh, data is about healthy volunteers between the age of 18 and 55. But it's absolutely crucial that safety and efficacy of the vaccines are looked in age groups older than that, because we know that the virus uh, uh, generates a more severe uh, disease in those age groups and we absolutely need to make sure that the most vulnerable are are protected. The other important aspect is also about the strength and the quality of the immunity and how it performs in real life. And this uh, means actually extending the numbers but also looking away from the UK because the vaccine is being trialled in places like Brazil where actually there is a lot of virus still circulating. And this is what is required uh, to see if the vaccine works. So a few steps are still to go through. And obviously the uh, official phases, uh, you know, including phase three to to go through, but certainly very encouraging uh, to start with. This vaccine looks like it's set to produce what's known as a double defence. That's the production of antibodies, which you've already talked about, Dr. Grappelli, and T-cells, so two points of immunity. How significant is that? That is very, very important. It's very important uh, for vaccines in general, but specifically for this particular virus, that this novel coronavirus, because the data that has become available actually from looking into patients, it actually seems that the T-cell response uh, is actually crucial in uh, tackling the virus and the disease. So it's very important then that a vaccination actually mimics uh, uh, infectivity, but also in generating the the right uh, immune response, uh, specifically in this case, not just the antibodies, but also the T-cells, which are crucial specifically for, for this virus. Very encouraging, as you say. What sounds less encouraging, at least to the untrained non-scientific ear, is the idea of the virus mutating. How much of a worry is that really to scientists and what would that mean uh, in terms of vaccine development? So the, the obviously mutations uh, uh, or variants in the genomes is something that is being very closely looked at over, all over the world in the sense that the genomes of the viruses uh, that have been isolated are, are read in you know using uh, particular techniques and that information is crucial. 
one thing that we need to keep into consideration when it comes to the coronaviruses is actually they are very peculiar viruses because they have what we call a proofreading mechanism. So actually, when they make a copy of themselves, if they make a mistake, they go back and correct it. And so we do expect a little bit of variations. We do expect mutations to pop out. However, those are going to likely to be, um, you know, uh, minor uh, and certainly, you know, contribute, actually, this proofreading activity contributes to maintaining the virus quite stable. And this is obviously good, good news when it comes to the vaccines, because we can, we are in a possibility, at least, to have one vaccine, one sequence uh, that actually lasts uh, for many generations of the viruses. And so good news in that sense. Mm. Well, that's something that's kind of the big unknown at the moment is even the natural antibody response in the body uh, when people have suffered from the virus, how long that provides immunity for. Um, and I suppose that's the great thing that the scientists are waiting to hear about this vaccine as well is the, the length of immunity. It does produce, it seems, an immune response, but we need that to last a significant period of time. Absolutely. And this is why actually the data that is being shared today by, by Oxford actually is only about the first month or so uh, about the uh, about the trial. But actually the volunteers are going to be called back at six months and also 12 months post-vaccination or post-vaccination trial. And that is specifically to actually add what we call the longitudinal dimension. So follow you know, their immune response at six months and 12 months and see how it develops. Uh, obviously, that is crucial. Uh, it tells us how long the immunity lasts and also if, for example, a booster vaccination is uh, is required. So potentially a booster, uh, you know, the same vaccine given again, uh, not necessarily a, a new vaccine or a different one, just the same one to kind of give it an extra reminder to maintain a high levels of uh, the immune response. We saw Matt Hancock, the health secretary, stand up in the House of Commons today and he confirmed that the UK had secured 100 million doses uh, of this Oxford vaccine as well as 90 million doses of other vaccines, promising vaccines from around the world if they're proven successful. Do you think an approach like this risks what's known as vaccine nationalism, whereby richer countries who could potentially be less affected by the virus buy out all the stocks to treat their own first? So I think uh, there is certainly that risk and this risk has actually been uh, acknowledged uh, because most of the European countries and the higher income countries have actually come together under the uh, leadership actually of uh, uh, organization like uh, CEPI and Gavi, which are organizations that are very much uh, striving for uh, vaccinations to be made available to the entire world. And I think there's also something that we need to remember when it comes to pandemics and when it comes to, to viruses. The fact that uh, local is global and also global is, um, is, is local. So there is this absolute two ways that you cannot really look at your own local reality and think that if you sort that, you'll be sorted out for good. And so there is certainly the incentive of, yes, taking care of your national reality, but also making sure that the rest of the world actually has access to the vaccine because, you know, we are all interconnected. And this is where actually 
the benefit for an individual country actually is, in this case, achieved when all countries have access to, to, to that. But when it comes to specifically uh, nationalism where for the UK, I think the fact that today um, the UK government has ordered or pre-ordered vaccines from a um, you know, French company, from a Germany slash um, um, United States company, shows that although certainly there is pride and there is uh, um, action, you know, supportive actions for homemade vaccines like Oxford or Imperial College, the UK is very much mapping the landscape globally to see actually what are the best candidates that uh, is worth pursuing uh, to get the best outcome, at least to start with for the UK. Dr. Elisabetta Grappelli, thank you so much for talking to me. It's an absolute pleasure. The rest of the coronavirus latest news. A coronavirus treatment by biotech firm Synergen could cut the chance of serious illness by 80%, according to new research. Trials using an inhaled protein known as SNG001, commonly used to treat multiple sclerosis, found patients were more than twice as likely to recover during the treatment period than those given a placebo. And according to the study of Southampton Hospital patients, hospital stays were cut by one third. Privacy campaigners say England's test and trace programme has breached data protection law. The Department of Health admitted the initiative was launched with no assessment of its impact on privacy. The Open Rights Group says the concession means the programme's unlawful. In response, the government said there's no evidence of the data being used unlawfully. France has made face masks compulsory in all enclosed public places amid a fresh bout of outbreaks. The country's health minister warned it was seeing between 400 and 500 active clusters of the virus. France is one of Europe's hardest hit countries, with over 200,000 infections and over 30,000 deaths since the start of the pandemic. As always, if any of those stories have piqued your interest, you can read more details on The Telegraph's website by clicking on the links in the episode description. If you're not already a Telegraph subscriber and you're considering taking the plunge, you can read all of our journalism for free for the first month if you want to try before you buy. That should see you through some sunny afternoons in the park or in the garden, or for some of you, the commutes that are creeping back into our lives. Just go to telegraph.co.uk slash audio to sign up for that offer. If you'd like to get in touch, email me. The address is coronaviruspod.com podcast at telegraph.co.uk. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.